I'm Fran, and this is Consent Based Everything, a podcast about creating a culture of consent in our homes and beyond. Welcome, and uh, I'm here today with Sari Gonzalez and uh, Rebecca Koritz of Radical Learning. Uh, and I'm super excited to have you today. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, we're glad we can make it work. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, um, so I'm just going to let you say a few words about who you are, what you do, and how you came to do this work. Cool. Do you want to go first? Okay, so I'm Becca, and I'm originally from Sweden. Uh, Went through the school system without liking it much became a teacher because I wanted to change it from the inside, gave up after a couple of years because it's impossible, I think. And life took me to Mexico and I've been living here for 20 plus years. I am the mama of a neurodivergent teenager who's been unschooling for, well, I don't know now, since 2015. He was 10. He's turning 18 this year. So soon eight years. Amazing. And uh, basically, I have dedicated my life to um, creating a lot of different spaces for kids where they can grow and learn in freedom. And at the same time, like moving away from there now, because that was a long period of my life, but moving into more and more working with adults, supporting parents, facilitators, teachers, organizations together with Sadi here, uh, in order to basically empower adults to support kids' um, learning, autonomy, and freedom. And that's what I do. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll jump in. I'm Sadi. Um, I came to unschooling, I think, quite naturally after my home birth process, where I started realizing how um, unfree I was. (laughs) And I think after having that home birth experience, it kind of opened up my eyes to like, oh, there's so many things we can do outside of the system, like not just how we birth, but, you know, um, choices in education and how we learn. And so, yeah, my son has never, he's just turned nine. Um, He's also neurodivergent, unschooler. He's never been to a conventional school. We've always been a part of and or I've directed and co-founded and co-created learning centers for him and us. (laughs) Um, The latest um, being a co-creation with Becca of um, the latest version of Explora here in Mexico. And before that, I was directing, co-directing an agile learning center in New York before we moved to Mexico. And um, yeah, what can I say about what brought me to this work? I think I always knew that the conventional system, having having grown up in it myself in New York, I was born in Sweden. My dad's Colombian. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, (laughs) in the public school system. And having grown up in that system, I always knew its flaws. And I knew what it did to me. And observing my son at a really young age, I knew that he needed something very different. Like I knew that he would be crushed by that system and that immediately we would get phone calls and diagnoses and, you know, suggestions for medication and all of the things. And so I was really lucky to have stumbled. Well, I don't want to say lucky. I I worked hard (laughs) to, to stumble across 
agile learning and self-directed education, which led me to unschooling and which eventually led me here to Mexico. And yeah, now Beck and I are the duo behind Radical Learning. And something that I've always really enjoyed is community building and working with families and parents, not so much to just like step out of the conventional system, but it's like stepping away from the conventional system is one thing, but then what do you do, you know, and how do you deal with all of the fears and all of the, you know, the adult gaze and, you know, having to talk to your family about the choices that you make and all of the things that come up, that it's not just about stepping away from school, but it's about how we can really nurture the relationships and center the relationships that we have with our young people. And so I think at the end of the day, I'm a youth liberation advocate is mostly what I am. And so um, radical learners kind of like, radical learning is like one of the forms in which that work comes through to the world. Okay, well, thank you so much uh, for that. And actually that leads very beautifully into talking about de-schooling, which is what I wanted to pick your brains about. Um, because of what you said, you know, you step out of the system and you're all like, yay, we're going to do this. And then you just realize that actually it's a lot harder than you thought it was going to be. And sometimes it's really hard to even figure out why. Like, why is it so difficult to like do things? Like, I'm just trying to like live my life. Uh, but what like why is my child doing this like how do I make them do this other thing that you know you think you need to be making them do or whatever so I and I think and I think especially for honestly it's still hard for me and we've been doing this for four-ish years um but especially starting out I think for people who are starting out homeschooling right it it's very challenging so anyway I thought it would be good to start with like how do you define de-schooling? Well, I guess that there are plenty of ways of defining it. And I know that Akila S. Richards has an amazing definition that I don't know by heart. So I would just like, for me, de-schooling is digging into all the programmings, all the beliefs, all the fears that are holding us back from living our full potential. Anything that is disempowering us needs to go so that we can empower ourselves and our kids uh, to be the most magnificent version of what we can be. And so um, that is a big, 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 big work. And it comes up all the time um, in everyday interactions with our kids, how we look at them, how we're dealing with them, how we're talking to them, how we're reacting to and responding to what they're choosing to do. It comes up in how we're dealing with the outside world, uh, the, the, other, the other people that are looking at us with disdain <laughs> and, and fear maybe, and a lot of questioning. And so it is, I know that many, many parents that go into homeschooling or unschooling, they're like, oh, we're just going to do this thing and let go of school. And they don't realize how extremely programmed we all are by our schooling experience and by living in society. Uh, because school is basically a, a tool that builds society, right? So they go hand in hand. And if um, if we don't look at the 
dynamics that we have been exposed to if we don't look at all those patterns that we have developed we are going to replicate the school system at home or this like I would call it like some kind of power over system where someone else has agency over you and that is what we want to go like go away from yeah yeah thank you for saying everything <laughs> I wanted to say um yeah what I would add to that Fran is that I think that de-schooling is really about unearthing our true selves um that kind of have that we've maybe intentionally masked or unintentionally masked to fit into a system that was defined and kind of um, imposed on us without our consent <laughs> um just because this is how things have always been right even though they if you look back in history they haven't always been this way but systems of power that we've internalized and so I think for me, de-schooling is about like a reclaiming of our power. Um, and for me, it's it's not so much about like taking our kids out of school, like I mentioned before, it's about understanding how those systems of power show up in us and how we either consciously or unconsciously use our power over young people and ourselves as well and others in our life. Because de-schooling is not just limited to the young people in our care or our kids. I mean, we can de-school so many aspects of ourselves from time to image to you know self-confidence and esteem and all of those ways that we've like compartmentalized ourselves in the past that we've um silenced or censored ourselves to fit in these are all things that we can unpack in unschooling so that we can be the most authentic versions of ourselves and reclaim ourselves so that we can really be present with our kids and support them to do and be the same um so it's free it's really about freeing ourselves yeah. And it's very, yeah, it's a beautiful process. It's also a really hard process because I think going back to what your kind of question in that was um, at one point you said, you know, why is it so hard? Like, why is it so hard to do this? And I'm like, it, I hope that one day, like through your work and through other leaders in this movement and other people that are just de-schooling our butts off together, that it doesn't have to be so hard, you know, that that we're we're not the weirdos, quote unquote, you know, that that this is the norm that this is how we look at life and how we look at and treat young people um, through this lens of consent and respect. But at the moment, that's not the case. And the world is, you know, operates very in a very different way. And so I think it's just hard because, um, yeah, because society has different values right, right now, generally speaking. Yeah. And I think something you said uh, made me made something click for me, which is uh, that actually de-schooling is kind of reclaiming consent, right? Because yeah. you're, yes. you're stripping yourself of a bunch of impositions that you didn't really have a choice in. And, yeah. and maybe some of them you're fine with. And so you're like, okay, great. I'm gonna keep this. This feels right for me. But a lot of things you probably, uh, you know, might want to drop or like partially drop or whatever. Uh, so it is a bit like uh, like coming to a place where you can actually have consent again uh, or, you know, have consent because there was never a time you, you actually had it before that necessarily uh, over like how you're going to lead your life. 
over your thoughts, over your beliefs, right? Over the, um, I don't know, to some extent over the systems that have uh, power and control over you. Although we don't have, I mean, obviously this depends on the amount of privilege you have in the world and, and you know, where you are and what you're doing and who you are and your identity. And I think there are some things that sadly we cannot really reclaim consent over uh, absolutely because it's a systemic issue it's not an individual issue right um but anyway this is kind of an interesting way of 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 seeing it that just came to mind mm -hmm. as you were saying that um yeah and, you know it, it makes me think Fran like you know in de-schooling when you know when you see what we've observed in, in holding space and in, in community with young people and families is like the de-schooling process looks so different for for folks depending on where they are in their journey of reclaiming right so for young people that have been in systems for a long time or in families where you know they haven't had voice or they haven't had you know the opportunity to say hey this is what i really want or actually like what you were saying like this doesn't work for me like actually i tried this and it doesn't work for me like there's there's a bit of um there's a moment of, oh shit, I don't know what to do with this freedom right now. Like, I don't know what, what am I supposed to do? Please tell me what to do because I've never experienced anything else. Like, I don't even know what it is, what consent is, what it looks like. So how can I, how can I, you know, use my power if I've never really experienced it in this way? And so I find that there's a lot of, and this is where we see a lot of parents freaking out. Like our kids aren't doing anything you know, or they're, they're bored, you know, and it's like, well, good. That means that they're also in this process of trying to figure out who they are and what their interests are. And so that gray zone is like really hard for people to navigate. And I mean, people, including myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that what, what we don't often see is that that process for the kids really has to do with healing and detoxing they're detoxing from all these very rigid um, power over structures and they're starting to heal from it because they've been disconnected from their true selves. They are disconnected from their intuition. They're disconnected from their creativity, their initiative taking, like um, their interests, their talents, their passions, because for too long, someone else has been telling them uh, what they're supposed to do and how and when. And so that takes time. And I have seen many adults come to that insight that, oh God, it's the same for me. I don't know myself. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know how to be creative. And all those are unfortunately effects uh, from you know living in a society that is built upon a system where you don't have a voice and you don't have a vote. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I think it's a, it's, it is a common concern, like when parents, because I hear this a lot, and, and people have also kind of asked me about this and my thoughts on it. And, and I think you, you got, you both would have really good thoughts about this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this to you. Um, what about, you know, you, you take your, your child out of school, hypothetical situation. Uh, and then you learn that what you need to do is de-school, both of you, you and your child. And so you just basically are like, okay, 
do whatever you want to your child. I mean, this is this is how often it's it's put to me. You know, I, I took my child out of school and then I was like, okay, you're free. Go do whatever. Um, but then your child uh, chooses to just stay in that room the whole time and not come out for meals, uh, not clean their bedroom, not go outside, not see friends, whatever the case may be. Um, what I'd love to hear what you think about that. I mean, this, <laughs> you know, like, this hasn't been my situation, but I have heard this said a yeah, lot. This, I, I, I live this, but maybe you want to go first? Well, I'm going to try to reframe what I was thinking because it might come across as really judgmental, but I'm just going to say it <laughs> um, because it's, it, this is my opinion. And this is also things that I've told myself that I think it's really irresponsible for folks to pull their kids out of school and then just let them be like, and what I mean by let them be is like not engage at all. Right. Because for me, it's not about like, I'm going to pull my kid out of school and then just like, like leave them. It's about relationship. And it's about, again, if we're looking at it through the lanes of reclaiming and reconnection, it's about reconnecting to who we are as human beings. And if kids have been in a system where they've been told what to do, they haven't had voice, consent, power, we can't expect our kids to also, you know, navigate that transition by themselves. Like it is our responsibility to support them through that transition. And what I think that that means is just a lot of communication and a lot of tenderness and a lot of care. And so, yes, like part of the de-schooling process is that your kid will be doing a lot of quote unquote nothing if you look at it from that lens. If you look at it from the lens of healing and detoxing, like what Becca was saying, or you look at it from a lens of, of rest and restoration and reclaiming, then that quote unquote nothing is actually very juicy and productive. And the question then is how can we connect with our kids in those moments? And how can we understand what is happening for them and support them through the challenge of that? Because you know, like a lot of kids want to go back to school because they miss their friends. They don't necessarily like, you know, the teacher or the system, or they don't necessarily like how they've felt in that environment, but they're seeking their needs there that are still really important to be met. And so we can't just like ignore the needs that our kids have just by leaving them. And I would also add to this because I agree with everything you say, Sadi. I would add to this deal with our own sense of urgency that comes from this school system where we have to be productive, we have to bring on results, we have to do good, we have to have good grades, we have to deliver, like deal with that. That is that is what we as adults need to do. Like our de-schooling looks very different from kids' de-schooling. Our de-schooling is dealing with all those fears, those thoughts that come up and start challenging what we're thinking and learn how to look at things from a very different perspective and lens. For the kids, it's not about questioning and, and doing that stuff. They need to detox and heal. So their process will look different. Um, and I agree. It's like many parents, what I see are in a in a hurry to see their kids unschool freely and be creative and, you know, like do all the fun stuff that unschooling seems to be or what they think that unschooling should be. 
and they miss the point. They, you can't rush this de-schooling healing process for the kids. It takes time. And the more we try to rush it, the more we're going to actually make our kids um, delay in the healing. So in this, like, I feel that there's a really fine line between wanting to support and managing that through focusing on things like relationship, like well-being, rest, play, like all of those, those very soft values. And the other side where it's like it's where, where it's coming from my sense of urgency, where I'm like, I'm trying to push my kid or maybe challenge my kid. And that is harmful. And so, like, I went through this with my kid when he decided uh, together with me, when I finally decided that I would actually listen to him. Um, he had been unhappy in the school that I had created for him for a long time. And I was just like, I couldn't take it. I couldn't deal with it because I was carrying the responsibility for the entire school. And so when I finally decided that I was going to give his power back and start navigating our relationship through consent, um, he chose not to go back to school. And he went into this process of, I mean, from the outside, he looked apathic, he looked depressed, he was acting out a lot of anger. Um, in hindsight, I understand like so much better the healing that he was going through and how he had to just like get all this crap out, all the stuff that he had to carry and suppress when he was in that school he now acted out on. So it was really hard for me. And I was very supported by uh, a bunch of American unschoolers who were like, hang in there, just give him space, give him time. And so I was giving him space. Um, I wasn't abandoning him, but I wasn't pushing him either. I wasn't like, I, I asked, you know, do you want to go for a walk? No. Okay. Is there something else you feel like doing? No okay, I'm here if you change your mind and try to be there like reading stories, doing things that I saw were beneficial for him because he liked them. And for the rest, I was just doing what we say in Swedish. I was having ice in my belly, just like dealing with my sense of urgency, just calm down. He's going to be fine. And it took him almost a year of doing the nothing Um until he actually asked me for paper to draw. And I saw he pick, started picking with his Legos and he started doing things again. And I'm sure, and I know that it would have taken so much longer if I would have been trying to push him through that. So this is like where we need to support their de-schooling process, their healing, and take care of ourselves in the panicking, in the, in the, fear that comes up for us, the anxiety and, and the pain, because it is painful to see your child go through something that you don't understand and that looks awful, but that actually is really positive because they are detoxing and they are healing. And so to be able to be there for our children fully uh, without pushing them is an art. And that is what we can develop during that process, that transition between school and unschooling. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing that as well from, from your experience and sharing your ideas. Um, I think it's very interesting because I think, you know, and this certainly happened to me when I took my kids out of school, I was like, right now, now we can learn through life. 
Uh, and, you know, the focus was still inside of me. It was still like, we're going to be learning. Like, that's what we're going to be doing. But we're going to be learning in a better way. Um, so it wasn't, whereas what you're from, what you're saying, it's very much like, just forget learning. Yeah. Forget absolutely the whole concept. Forget anything that is even vaguely related to that. Yes. Um, and focus on just who, what needs on what yes. your child needs, connecting with them and just like gradually building a life and giving yeah. as well. To Absolutely. Because I think, friend, what you're saying is it's really this, this thing that we need to de-school as adults. Like they're, they're going to be behind. They're going to fall behind. They're, they're, they're going to lose out on things. They're going to miss things. And no. <laughs> they're not they need to heal first but it's again that sense of urgency and the thought that learning is the focus for us learning is not the focus for us the focus is really building the relationship with our kids through consent through trust through authenticity vulnerability and I think that that I I can say that I'm not free from those fears Fran like those fears pop up in me all the time and I think that's why this is a practice and like a like always reminding myself of why we're doing this and like what our values are and every time I connect with my son on a more deep level like it's like oh okay because those are things that those are fears that might never go away you know like we we you know I'm 41 years old and so I have 41 years of internalized systems of oppression like it's it's deep and so for me, it's like what what the learning piece, what has helped me to kind of just put that to the side is replacing like learning with like humaning, <laughs> you know, like who are we as human beings? Because every time I'm like, OK, what is my son learning? Is he, you know, oh, he's not reading independently. What is really coming up for me is a fear that I am not good enough. Of like this this feeling that as a mom I'm not doing good enough and really what it comes down to is me being afraid of what other people are going to think about me because when I'm with my kid and I can see him in his light and I can feel who he is as a human being and I can see like his magnificent magnificentness whatever word I'm trying to invent right now I'm good you know like I'm I'm good but it's the moment that I'm starting to compare him with these sets of standards, like, geez, it is so crazy that somebody continues to think and say what people need to learn, how they need to learn it, and by when. And that is what we constantly are comparing our kids to. And so putting learning on the side for me was also like, I want to see my son in his wholeness without comparing him and measuring him to some standard that I am so disconnected from. I would like to add to this because I completely agree with every word you're saying is that, I mean, as adults, we're all different. Like what you know, Fran, differs from what I know. And it's not comparable because you have your life and I have my life and we have decided to live them in different ways. And so like, this thing of constantly comparing we will still do it you know we will we will compare i don't know if it's a human thing or if it is a fruit of um that uh power over systems like these these oppressive systems i don't know 
but I can notice that I do it a lot, but I realize also I don't do it as much with, with other adults uh, because it's clear to me that if you're a journalist, you will have a set of skills and knowledge that I don't have. And if you're a quantum physics, you're gonna know tons of stuff that I don't, I don't know, but I know other things. And I don't know why it's so hard for us to look at our kids in the same way and understanding that they're different humans, they're different people, they're different individuals. Everyone is unique with their own sets of skills, talents, personalities, and we should just stop comparing because it's really unfair. I yeah. think what happens, we weaponize knowledge. Ew. Like that's really <laughs> what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also like the institution of school kind of does this thing that makes us believe that like all, all kids and all young people are kind of the same because it like um, dehumanizes them in a way, you know, even the language that it uses, like students and teachers, like it's kind of this dehumanization of like the individuality of children and like and humans and how very different we are and how we all need different things. Uh, and we all learn and live and love in different ways, um, you know, and school kind of erases that in a way. It creates this like one ideal average person. Uh, and I guess we go around, we, we, I mean, I was, I was raised in the school system, so that's inside of me, you know. And I guess what you're saying is not that we, you know, as de-schooling slash unschooling parents, it's not like we're going around like thinking all the perfect thoughts like we're going, around, <laughs> we're going around thinking all of those thoughts right that we've been raised like inside of but we recognize it so that's the difference like we begin to catch ourselves right yeah and kind yeah. of to like um like you said what, what did you say that you say in Swedish that was so good oh to have ice in the belly Yes, <laughs> so that's like, right. That's one of your tools. Like, so you use all these different tools to like kind of uh, bring yourself back to what really matters, right? Uh, I don't yeah. know if you can share like your favorite. I don't know what works for you. Like, what is your thing that you do when you catch yourself getting into this kind of spiral? It's mm, a great question. I think it's super helpful to have accountability partners. <laughs> like, anytime I'm really struggling with something, like it has been so helpful to be able to pause and just be like, okay, I know that I don't have to figure this out right now. And I know that I'm struggling. So Becca, <laughs> oh my gosh, this thing happened. And I really want to do or say this thing to Sai or help me out here, or, you know, just having like an empathetic listener, yeah. um, somebody that can just, that I can bounce like those wild moments off of has really, really been helpful. Not to pretend that I know how to do it all myself, you know, and, and to have somebody of trust and confidence that I can share my weaknesses and my fears with, without being judged, you know, um, that's been really helpful. Yeah. And that is kind of recent, right? It's only been three some some plus mm -hmm. three years that we've been able to do that and before but can I share yeah. that I think I've grown as a de-schooler unschooler so much within these three years oh, because I've been able yeah. to have that safe space to explore these things in a really non-judgmental way yeah definitely I would absolutely agree because before it was kind of lonely before in my experience it was just me and Teo and so 
I, yeah, I had a lot of ice in my belly and I would question, I would just be like, okay, I am having this thought right now. Uh, I need to question this. And I basically like look at the thought or the belief or whatever it is, you know, the fear through a lot of different angles, realizing that this is just a fear. This is just a belief. Like I don't need to take it so seriously and really trying to look at it through a lot of different ways, like different lenses, different perspectives and hardcore questioning why this would be true. And so I think that that has always been my, my main tool. And then always like, try to come up with opposites like okay if this if this is not true what could be true and so I think a lot of crazy questioning definitely but I would agree like when you do this on your own yes you're left alone you you don't you don't have anyone else and I think in those cases it's super important to engage in communities where you can share thoughts and, and look for others um, and if you have something like an accountability partner or an empathy buddy, someone that you can share with who is not going to judge you and who's not going to try to fix whatever it is in you, that is extremely helpful because then you can explore these topics together. And I, I don't think that the de-schooling process ever ends. I think that it just takes on different shapes and we go deeper and deeper and our kids grow. So I don't have fears around my kid learning how to read independently, but sometimes I'm like, why hasn't he touched a book for half a year? What is that about? And, and I'm going to be like, hmm, is this important? <laughs> you know, I'll look at it and other fears will come up because someone who is almost 18 is supposed to be or behave or do specific things um, that, that kind of goes with the age. And so then I need to look at those and be like, hmm, is this true? Does it have to be like this? What are my fears around this? And just be questioning everything that comes up. And I think that many people don't do that. It's like they hear the thoughts and they they just assume this is true. Mm. And if you assume all those thoughts are true, then it's going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. uh, what I'd love to add to to all of these things is something that's super helpful for me is nonviolent communication, but specifically through a decolonized lens. So what that means is understanding trauma and how trauma has shown up in my body, in my life, and like what my experiences have been and giving myself grace for that too. Like understanding, like, like I've hit my kid, you know, like I, I used to be that mom that would, you know, use a lot of authoritarian tactics to try to control my kid. And I know where that comes from. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to spend thousands of dollars to go to therapy to figure it out, you know, which also is another tool. If you are able to do that, therapy is great. <laughs> um, but understanding, like having DNVC to unpack my own trauma and understand how it shows up for me and understand what the underlying needs are, how to identify my feelings, um, has not only been a tool for me to understand myself better, but it's a tool that I use in my family, uh, with my family, with my friends to, to help understand like who we are as, and how we're showing up together. And so, um, we also have a practice called connect up that comes from the agile world. Um, it was like, uh, inspired through the agile world. They have a, pro a 
practice called change up in centers and we've kind of adapted it over the years to really fold in a decolonized nonviolent communication lens into understanding who we are and how we're showing up for one another and how we can not so much just like find solutions to problems or like if you're having that triggering moment like what to do instead like jump to the solution jump to the the outcome like no what's happening for you as a human being and what are your needs what are your feelings like how can we relate to ourselves and to each other and so these are just a few tools that have been really helpful for me in my journey thanks um can i just ask you just if you know off the top of your head um a resource for decolonized uh, NBC because Absolutely. I've read the nonviolent communication books. Um, yeah. So that's, and I'll link them in the show notes, but I wonder if you have a resource for specifically decolonized. Absolutely. Minachi, who wrote the book, um, Decolonized Nonviolent Communication, she also has a lot of courses out. Um, we're currently taking a reflective listening course, for example, where we're learning a lot about different tools and listening, like, like listening. <laughs> Whoa, there's so many layers and how to actually listen to yourself and to others. So yeah, Minachi is the source. Yeah. She's okay. amazing. Yeah. Great. Well, that that's really great to know. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try this question and I don't know if I'm going to make it make sense, but I'll try it. Um, so I think often when we talk about de-schooling or kind of in the more in you know, when people write blog posts about it or whatever, it, it often ends up looking like very similar. Uh, so there's like, there seems to be like a, a trajectory that everybody takes. And there seems to be this kind of understanding of like, I actually had someone say this once, but um, you, you go out, it, like, it's like you're venturing out into the forest and you're like taking all your clothes off as you go and then you end up like in the middle of the this is metaphorically speaking you end up in the middle of the forest like naked and then that's the, that's that you you've de-schooled um and like I, I i have so many issues with this idea of like that we take we shed layers and then somehow somewhere we are like this naked little baby uh in the in the wild or something simply because uh i mean there's a lot of issues with that obviously that i'm not going to mention but <laughs> one of my issues is is just that like we are always i don't think that being like steeped in your culture is a bad thing necessarily like it can be okay there are there are certainly parts of my culture that are just harmful full stop and that i'm definitely working to like dismantle in my family and inside of myself however I just don't think that like the the goal at least for me is to uh, separate myself from like anything that roots me in where I'm from and mm -hmm. and my family and the the culture that I that I feel is inside me and belongs to me so so I just have an issue with this idea of de-schooling as like we we just end up somewhere in the clouds uprooted from humanity or whatever and we're just like this I don't know I, I'd love yeah. to yeah I just want to share like <laughs> as you were sharing that I was feeling more and more discomfort and tightness in my body like uh, because it's a really yucky feeling and thought to think that actually what we're doing is just shedding all this layer all these layers to be I don't know to be something else and for me, 
for me, I mean, de-schooling is reclaiming in, in the ways that I shared, but for me, my goal in de-schooling is authenticity. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to peel back layers to be something that I'm completely like, like is completely foreign to me right now. Like what it means for me is that it's always going to be changing because I'm always changing. And so what I'm into today might not be what I'm into tomorrow. So when I speak about authenticity, I kind of see it as like this, like, like this light, you know, that's kind of just like growing and growing and growing and growing. And as like, I see it as expansion, not so much as like whittling down. Okay. I'm just going to jump in quickly because I love what you're saying. And I was just talking about, because I talk about like my authentic self a lot. Like I write about it a lot. And I mentioned this phrase and my sister is an anthropologist and she, she would just recently was saying, you know, when you say that, like, what do you mean? Like, she was just like, how can there be an authentic self? And she said something really similar to what you're saying, that it's, it's always moving and fluid. There's no, uh, you know, there isn't necessarily like something at the core that you're like taking all your layers off and then you have this little uh, seed and that's you. Um, but it's, it's more like what you're saying, Sadi, like expanding and fluid and always changing. So I love that. And can I just, fin I'll wrap up. I know I'm, I, you got something to say. <laughs> um, I will say the ancestry piece, I think that it's only been through my de-schooling work that I have actually begun to be open to accepting my culture and accepting those parts of myself that I've actually always been like, I am this way because of da, 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 da. And now I'm super curious. Like, I'm like, who were my ancestors? Like, what were they up to? You know, I'm also looking at like past life stuff, like, you know, and, and so I don't think that it has to be, I think it, it there's something about just the way that our world operates in this binary thinking, right? Like, Either you're you shed everything, you throw it out the window, and you become this new this new person, this new enlightened being, or the opposite is like you you bury yourself under other people's beliefs. And I don't I don't think that it has to be that extreme. I think it depends. Yeah, the images that that come to me is more like images from nature, where um, to me, de schooling would be like me if I'm a plant. I have been a seed and I have developed into a plant and I'm put in a pot and or and maybe someone is putting like a little stick so I will I will grow in a straight way and maybe someone is pruning you know certain parts of me because I should fit into I mean think about a bonsai tree for instance um that for me is what school and society does to us and so for me the de-schooling process would be take that plant out of the of the pot and plant it in the soil and let it grow and become what it can actually become, which is, yes, of course, your true authentic self. Sometimes you will develop leaves. Sometimes there will be flowers. Sometimes there will be fruit. Like it changes. Sometimes you lose your, your, your leaves because it's time to hibernate. You know, it's like, it's that for me is what it is. So it's about, it's, 
It's about taking away the external things that are restricting us from growing into who we really are, instead of just like taking off things from me or like chopping off my, my, uh, not my limbs, <laughs> like, what is it called? Branches, you know, like to, no, it's not about pruning. Like I have already been pruned. So now it's about like, how can I grow and how do I want to grow? And maybe today, as you said, like there's going to be a branch wanting to go this direction and tomorrow it's going to grow in another way. So that is like the image that I have, because me too, similarly to you, I was like, ew, when you were, when you started sharing this, like shedding, shedding, shedding. I'm like, who, who, who is that? Where, where do you get, where do you go to there? And I think it's really about coming into who we really are and get our power back. Yeah, and I and both of your images uh, are more about expansion, right? Expansion yes. rather than like diminishing ourselves or like stripping parts off of ourselves or whatever, and like growing into something. Yeah, yeah. this is something, Fran, that I really appreciate appreciate about your work. That is such an inspiration for me. It's like language is very important you know, and how we're talking about things and how we're describing things. And I think it's also really schoolish to like pick up somebody's way of saying it. And then you just like define everything around that. And I'm guilty of that. Like, yeah, I mean, there are people in this, in this movement who have said things and it's like, that becomes like the Bible of unschooling, you know? And then you're like, why am I turning unschooling into this really schoolish thing by thinking there's this one way of doing things and it becomes really dogmatic. It's like people want to play Simon Says or something. <laughs> I did really like that electric one though. That <laughs> I mean, that's something to, to be said about Simon Says, but yeah. <laughs> um, maybe not with de-schooling. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it, we, we, maybe it's a human thing. Maybe like you said, it's just the way we've been, you know, pruned. Uh, it's just that we want to turn de-schooling into like steps as well. Like you want to know all the steps, you want to know where it's going to lead. You want to know when it's going to end. Uh, you know, you want to know everything and know Definitely. how to do it. Yeah. And I think all we can say is it never ends. Like if you really do the work, it never ends. Um, which is also part of life. I mean, again, I'm like, I'm having this image of this beautiful tree expanding its branches, like really expanding. And that doesn't end until, until we're no longer here on this planet. Mm -hmm. But there is no, I don't think that there's like, do this one, two, three. I mean, we lead uh, group coaching groups in this, like de-schooling group coaching. And of course, there's like content that we share that is like things that most people are struggling with. But then it's an individual process. And I don't think that there's like, oh, you have to start here and then you go through these steps. It's very individual. Mm -hmm. mm. I agree. Um, okay, well, would you like to just quickly share about where people can find you? Uh, I know you're on Instagram, uh, but maybe- yeah. We're not so active. We need like, yeah, we, we pop in and out of Instagram. Yeah. Um, rad at radical underscore, underscore learning. And then we're radical dash learning dot org. And we're on Facebook too. radical yeah. learning talks. Yes. Radical learning talks is mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And it's oh, also wait, our podcast. Yeah. Uh, that is called radical learning talks, which would be fun to have you on too. Yes. Got to get you. Yes. <laughs> Right. Um, and you're running, a, I know you're running like a de-schooling. Yeah, we have, 
we have like different things. We have one offering, which is a de-schooling intensive. It's a seven day long training for adults supporting youth, wanting to support their, you know, autonomy, freedom and all that stuff. Um, and that happens a little bit, you know, like maybe two, three, four times a year, but in a very inconsistent way, basically when we get invited or feel like organizing it ourselves. And then we have our group coaching program, Deeply Deschooling. And we're about to launch a series of webinars and we have online courses that are also going to be released later this year. There's a lot of stuff that we're working on right. just because we know that people need support and yeah. we love to support. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Yes, thank you a lot of fun. Thanks, Fran. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider rating, reviewing and sharing. It's an absolute labor of love for me. And uh, I would really love if I could reach more people with it. Thank you.